Well, that was a bust. The Chiefs picked a lousy time to play their worst game of the season, a 31-9 loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the Super Bowl. We're here to talk about it on Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Monday, February 8th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Star columnist Sam Mellinger and Vahe Gregorian joined beat writers Sam McDowell and Herbie Teope in discussing the game. Let's just get right to it. Welcome to Sportsbeat Live. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs post-game show, um, where the people who cover the the Chiefs for the Kansas City Star chat about um, what happened in the game tonight. And guys, there is a lot to talk about um, after the Chiefs' thirty-one to nine loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Super Bowl Fifty-Five. Um, in the house right now, we have Sam McDowell and Sam Mellinger uh, joining us. Pretty soon will be Vahe Gregorian and Herbie Teope, I believe, is in the house as well. Um, so we will, there he is. Hey, Herbie, how you doing? No, oh, he's muted. <laughs> All right. That's a trick we like to play on Herbie every uh, every other week or so to mute Herbie. But uh, we'll get that, uh, we'll get the audio fixed uh, pretty soon. Vahe Gregorian will join us here in a moment, too. Um, so, <laughs> um, the uh, but but the star of the show is you guys uh, with your questions and comments. Please send them along. I'm sure you got a lot to talk about tonight after the season-ending loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It would have been a season-ending victory if they had if they had managed to win it. Either way, season's over, and this one leaves a bad taste in the mouths of, of the Chiefs and their fans. Um, I'll tell you what, guys. I thought uh, before the before the game, I thought. If you had given me the choice of possibilities of the Chiefs winning big, the Chiefs winning in a close game, the Bucks winning big, or the Bucks winning in a close game, I'd have taken three of the four. The only one I would not have taken is the Bucks winning in a by a big margin, uh, and that's exactly what happened. So, Sam, since you are the you're the only the one here one's at candy. the moment. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're the only one that hasn't bailed on on us so uh, <laughs> uh let's get your early impressions on what happened let's start I, I don't know where to start because there were so many so many places you can't start with, uh, with with the mistakes and the gaffes that the chiefs made but uh, uh just your your um uh, your opening thoughts and, and before you do let's just say that we'll address the uh, the events of Thursday night uh, and how they might have played into the game a little bit later with with uh, Sam and Melly and Vahe um, and I know you wrote a little bit about that too but let's just right now talk about the game itself and how about your overall impression Sam Yeah I mean you said it I mean for a thirty one to nine football game there's a lot to discuss and a lot to talk about um, I guess the, the, you know the headline everywhere but Kansas City is going to be the Tom Brady won his seventh Super Bowl and Tom Brady beat Patrick Mahomes in this quote-unquote potential best quarterback matchup in Super Bowl history. Um, but here in Kansas City, to me, the Chiefs did not lose the game because of that guy. Tampa didn't win the game because of Brady. The Chiefs lost this game because their other 52 were not nearly as good as the Bucks' other 52. And if, if you need proof that one guy alone cannot win a football game, you got it tonight. 
You know, it, there were plays where, and it was not an effort issue, it was an execution issue, where it seemed like Patrick Mahomes was playing one on one on eleven. He made two miraculous throws for touchdowns. They were both dropped at the goal line. Um, obviously, the offensive line was the was an issue. The Bucks defense um, was fantastic. Even the Chiefs punter had the yips tonight. Um, so that's you know, th- there's a whole collection of things we can go over for why the Bucks are celebrating tonight, why the Chiefs have a quiet flight home. But it's not the Brady Mahomes matchup. It sure wasn't. Um, I'll throw one stat out there that um, that, that wasn't that's not part of any official stat sheet, but I saw it on the next gen. Uh, website that Patrick Mahomes covered 497 yards of scrambling tonight. Oh, uh, 497 yards of scrambling. So, um, hey, Herbie, can, can you hear us now? Nope, still can't hear you, Herbie. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> and you got so much to say, I can tell. I can tell. <laughs> Um, so, Melly, while you were rebooting, uh, we asked um, Sam McDowell where he thought things went wrong. Let's uh, let's, let's get your thought on uh, on where things you know went off the rails for the Chiefs tonight. Offensive line, man. I mean, I, I just thought the line of scrimmage both ways. I mean, this was something that I think we had talked about a lot during the week. Is if um, you know if the Chiefs could pressure Brady, the Bucks weren't going to be able to score a lot. If the Chiefs could protect Mahomes. The Chiefs were going to score a lot <laughs> and the opposite of those things happened, right? Like I, I saw a stat, um, I think it was ESPN stats and info um, that said Mahomes was, was pressured on 29 of 56 dropbacks, the most in Super Bowl history. Well, not Super Bowl history, but since they've been, you know, recording that kind of thing and, and, and Brady was pressured four times <laughs> for <laughs> the whole game. I mean, that, that's, that's the whole deal, man. Like Tom Brady is, is if you can, get to him and hit him and all those things. He's not what he used to be, but if you let him just sit there and play action, you and, and pick you apart, then he's, you know, he's the best that's ever done it. Um, I, I thought that's where the game was won. We talked about the offensive line being a thing with all these, you know, the, the injuries that the chiefs has had. And I thought that showed up in, in, in a major, major way. To add to that stat that Sam said of the 29 pressures, the bucks only blitzed six times all night. That those pressures, those pressures came with just just rushing for all night long. That's that's amazing. And Millie, um, uh, you're right. The, uh, the to me, the, the game was going to turn on. Uh, Mahomes has the best quarterback rating in the NFL when he's pressured, and uh, Tom Brady has among the worst in the NFL when he's pressured. Chiefs <laughs> didn't get enough pressure on Brady, and. Um, and it wasn't the Bucks' pressure that got him to to me as much as the 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 way that the linebackers and the defensive backs, the secondary played for Tampa Bay. They didn't allow the anything on the outside. They didn't allow anything deep middle. Remember the regular season game? How how easily the Chiefs were able to go over the top on Tampa Bay? That was not available uh, there tonight. And, uh, and I thought the, the speed of the linebackers was a big factor for Tampa Bay and, um, and, and, and really hurt, you know, hurt the, the intermediate route. So what did Mahomes finish? He was, was it 26 of 47 or 24, 47? I can't remember exactly what it was. But 26 of 49. Okay. 270 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions, the lowest quarterback rating of his career um, in 
in the big game. That, that, that's a tough – that's going to be a tough one to live with. Yeah, for yeah, sure. I thought Levante David, just to build on that a little bit, Levante David I thought had a great game um, at linebacker for the Bucs. You know, knocked down some passes for Kelsey, uh, closed some holes that, that I think have been there uh, for the Chiefs in other games. He, he was terrific. Chiefs without a touchdown. Did you, did you ever think you'd see that? Um, no. I, you know, Blair, at one point in the third quarter, bless you, <laughs> at one point in the, uh, in the third quarter, I actually wondered, like, how are the Chiefs going to score? And I don't recall ever thinking about that, about a Patrick <laughs> Mahomes team. Um, yeah. But, you know, the Bucks were playing zone on almost every first and second down. And third down, they would mix it up a little bit. And Andy Reid even acknowledged that post game. But Mahomes said it was almost identical to what the Bucks did in the second half against them in Week 12. And to me, that's got to be one of the more disappointing things for the Chiefs is this was the defense they expected to see tonight, and they still could not solve it. You mentioned the speed of the linebackers. That that certainly played into it. And, you know, I, I'd like to see the tape because usually on zone defenses, when your quarterback's scrambling, that's when a guy can maybe get open a little bit more. We've seen that happen so many times with this team. And for Mahomes to scramble and guys still not to be able to move toward the sideline or move in his direction and get open, how many times did, did we see him throw the ball? And we're so accustomed to thinking, well, somebody's going to be on the other end of that. And nobody was. Right. Okay, Herbie, let's, let's give it another shot here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Beth is going to, Beth is going to figure this out. Uh, maybe a smoke signal. You can send up Herbie and uh, we'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> there um hey let, let's turn it around to the other side um i, I thought uh the, the chiefs had the single best play of the game tonight right uh damien wilson uh, with his tackle on the, the basically the goal line stand tackle of of ronald jones left the score this is early in the second quarter leaves the score at seven to three and things hadn't been going the chiefs way really up until then and I just thought, what a great moment this is to get uh, to get a a big stomp from your defense, a goal line stand in the Super Bowl, and 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 the, you know, the Chiefs are now at the one. And I thought, boy, this will be epic, right? A 99-yard Chiefs drive. We've seen things like this this type of magic happen with uh, with Patrick Mahomes, and they they pick up the they pick up one first down, right? Little catch and run to Tyreek Hill, and. That's it. And so they punt away, and that begins a series of adventures for the Chiefs that I think over the next few minutes just totally changes the game. Um, uh, but, you know, well, let's go over them really quick. Um, uh, Chiefs end up having to punt though on the 56-yard punt by, by, uh, by Tommy Townsend. Ben Neiman's called for holding. I forgot what the penalty was. I think it was holding. It was. So they have to re-kick it, you know, half the distance to the goal, and then Townsend shanks one, right? It goes 20, was it 29 yards? Yeah. And I believe this is the series where, um, you know, the Chiefs look like they're going to get out of it. And, or am I mistaken? Is this the series where they get the interception? They held them to the field goal. Yeah. And then, uh, and then it was offsides on the field goals. Right. And, and inter interception first, yeah. Yeah, they get the, they get the, the, the oh, right. interception by, by, by Tyron Matthew. And by all accounts, a really cheap, you know, pass interference call on, on was it Traverius Ward? Yeah. 
so wipes off the, you know, wipes away the interception. Chiefs still hold him to a field goal, but Antonio Hamilton's lining up offsides, and uh, and and the Bucks turn that into a touchdown. They're, they're, the the second Brady to Gronkowski touchdown, and at that point, that's when I started to feel like, man, I, I don't. I, I don't know. It's the, the Chiefs just made a ton of mistakes on on this in this particular moment, this sequence of events, and I don't know if they can get it back. But still, even at this, right, it goes to fourteen to six, and and then I know Herbie. Listen, I, I don't I don't know if Herbie can can hear us yet, or we can hear Herbie. But I know he wrote about this. The Bucks get the ball back with fifty five seconds to go in the half. And they hand the ball off to Leonard Fournette for no gain. And you, it's, it's becoming apparent to me that the Bucks are content to go into halftime 14-6. But Andy Reid starts using his timeouts and passed a 34-yard pass interference penalty on, on, uh, on Bashar Breeland. And then another pass interference, pass interference penalty, this one against Tyron Matthew in the end zone. And the Bucks are in business. They punch in a touchdown right at the end of the half. And... What a, what a disastrous second you know, second quarter for the Chiefs, and penalties had a lot to do with it, didn't they, Herbie? <laughs> all right, all right. I think we're hey, uh, Blair. Just real quick, that that whole the the shank punt, the yeah. the, the Neiman hold, and then the town that the reason they had to punt is that a ball bounced off of Kelsey's hands on third down too. Yeah. you know, just to to add yeah. to the self inflicted stuff that they had going on. And, and, and the, the, the reason the hold happened was because Ben Neiman had to block for an extra two seconds because Tommy Townsend dropped the punt. Right. And right. He, 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 had the, he, he had his block set and he had no idea why he was still blocking, basically, instead of running downfield to go chase after the punt. Um, but, but, Blair, I, I, I feel like all of that is worth dissecting. But to me, what stands out the most is those timeouts at the end of the half. Um, mm-hmm. I, I thought that... I wouldn't have called any timeouts. In a usual situation, I give Patrick Mahomes as many chances as possible. In this situation, you're, you've only scored six points the entire half. I don't know that there's a lot of evidence there that you're going to be able to go deep because of the way the Bucks have been playing the whole half, which you're going to re- it's going to require you to, to hit the sidelines and to hit some deep passes in order to score there at the end of the half. You've done neither all game long. I also feel like that the half has been basically a disaster for you and you're only down eight points and the ball's coming your way. In my opinion, just get out of there. Get out of there, down eight, regroup, adjust your game plan based on what you've seen from the Bucks at half, and you got to feel pretty good about your chances. So I didn't like any of the timeouts, but particularly that third and two timeout. As soon as they called that, I just thought this feels pretty ominous. I, I, it, the chances of the Bucks scoring to me at that point become became greater than the chances of the Chiefs scoring. Yeah, I, I, look, um, you guys know where I'm at on this. It's it's hard for me to be too critical of the Chiefs for being aggressive. Um, so I'm not going to like use a column to rip them for that. But as soon as I called that timeout, even the first one, I remember like turning to Baha and be like, "Ooh, really?" Because and because what was in my head is like everything that you just said, Sam. But also when they went for that fourth and whatever it was in the stadium, uh, the Sunday after Thanksgiving, it was you know sort of wow, what's going through your thinking? And, he, and Andy says, I, "I learned a long time ago, you never give twelve another chance." Yeah, calling those timeouts that gives twelve another chance. 
I, I was surprised that with 55 seconds to go and Tampa Bay has the ball, their first play is a run up the gut. Me too. That, that Chris Jones stuffed for, for no gain. I, I'm thinking, wow, Tampa Bay's content here. That's that's a gift to the Chiefs. Take the gift. You know, yeah. I, I imagine right after that play, if the Chiefs don't call a timeout, the Bucks are going to take a knee on the next snap, and that's the half. And, yeah. uh, and you're right, Sam, they get the ball to start the second half, and, and uh, it – after what we would have ter- you know, would have termed a real disappointing first half, and uh, but uh, but at that point uh, now it's twenty one to six, and you just feel like oh my gosh, they just and look the Bucks did the heck they did the same thing a week two weeks earlier in the NFC Championship game just before halftime. Um, uh, they, they 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 sent their punt team on the field, took them off, and then threw the. Yeah. He called to Scotty Miller just before halftime. So, and that that's what changed that game too, Blair. And just to sort of, you know, Sam added a play right before this whole sequence. I'm going to add something right after this whole sequence, which is the Chiefs came out of the second half, and they have a fourth and seven, and they kick a field goal. And right off the bat, to me, that feels like a Bucks win. And that's the way the second half is starting. And I thought that already got the momentum going for Tampa Bay in the second half. Hi, Chiefs fans. This is Clark Hunt. If you have an urgent orthopedic or sports injury, the University of Kansas Health System is open, safe, and has extended hours to see you quickly. You deserve champion treatment from the experts who treat the Chiefs. Request an appointment at kansashealthsystem.com slash sportsmedicine. We're proud that the University of Kansas Health System is the official health care provider of the Chiefs. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Okay, uh, now that now that Vahe has joined us, um, let, let's let's talk about the issue that uh, we have we didn't have a chance to discuss. Um, because of when it happened and the impact it may have had on on the game tonight, and that is the, you know, the the the, the very unfortunate incident on that occurred on Thursday night in um, you know outside of Arrowhead Stadium with assistant coach Britt Reed, um, you know, in in, in, a, in an auto accident that that injured the uh, the five year old girl and put her in the hospital, and. Um, uh, you know, we we didn't learn about it until what late later Friday, I guess, uh, after um, the, the the media opportunities had ended for the week, and tonight was actually the first time that uh, uh, the Chiefs could address would be asked about it, and would say something other than what they issued in the statement uh, that was issued on on Friday. So, um, I, I believe Andy Reid opened his press conference by talking about it without uh, yeah. uh, without being asked. Is that is that right, Vahey? Yeah, he did, and and uh, I know Sam McDowell um, wrote about it immediately, and and I I was able to 
write about it in, in, in the context of the column I was writing. And I think the thing that I, I guess I want to say first is that all of us on this call have really been uh, consumed with this ourselves the last couple of days. It, 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 it felt um, very emotional in, 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 in ways that are hard to describe in the brief time we have here. But uh, I thought it was important that Andy spoke to it. I, I recognize that it was a limited period, but I think um, there are reasons for that. And I, I think the other reason it was important, though, was that he treated it with respect needed to have. I think not only saying his heart bleeds, but also trying to distance himself from any notion of, of that, you know, totally inappropriate term that would, would some might apply to the idea of it being a distraction or something. You know, this wasn't something to rally around or, or something to compartmentalize. Really, it was something that was just a tragic issue that, that was right here and, and, and present and they had to find a way to deal with. But I, I, don't, I don't know what else, where else you could put that for them, if that makes sense. Well, um, it, 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 altered, it altered the path of, uh, of the Chiefs uh, as they approached the Super Bowl. I mean, up until, up until Thursday night, um, there was, you know, there, you know, we had nothing but uh, Zoom calls of, of good and happy news about, uh, you know, about the Super Bowl. And starting Thursday night into Friday, um, I, I don't know about you, but my, my feelings, my feelings about the game changed. Not so much did I think the Chiefs were going to win, but just in my, just my thought about how important everything is, and you know what? How do we? Yeah, you know, yeah. Like like you said, how, how do we? How, how do we? How, how do we reconcile all of this? And um, but it, it certainly. You know, I know, I know that you and I and Sam down here in Tampa, we, we talked a lot about it over the last couple of days because, uh, you know, it, it's a, you know, it was a big issue. And so it had to it permeate the chief's locker room as well and, and be a, a topic and a discussion point. And, and you're right to, to call it a distraction is not accurate at all, but, um, but, it, but it was, you know, it, 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 it I don't know. It, it was, it was just something else to consider for the Chiefs uh, over the last 48 hours. Yeah, I think that's right. And I think, uh, look, I mean, it, I, again, just to reiterate this, I mean, gosh, Sam McDowell and I spoke about this for almost two hours on the phone late the other night. And the three of us down here have talked about it. And Sam Mellinger wrote a, a really important um, column about it yesterday. And I, I think, uh, I just think it's, it's, it's worth us noting that it, it, it's all made our hearts sink, and uh, and thus we can only imagine how much it makes the hearts sink of those that that have direct connection to it. And of course, we're all thinking about Ariel and her family. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I I was certainly really excited about this game, and you know, the, I, I think it's important to note that the way the four of us get excited about games is much different than a fan gets excited about a game, but we still get up for covering the big games too. Um, and just being part of sort of the, the big moments in sports history. And I found myself um, 
it, it, it became very, 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 very secondary. And it, it, the game, like, like you said, Blair, seemed much less important than what we had all anticipated going into this. Um, and, you know, we, we talk about the word distraction. It, it's, it, it might not be proper, but I, I, think it, I think it is a distraction mentally. I mean, it's not a distraction from the game plan. And, um, I mean, how much did it affect the X's and O's and that sort of thing? I, I don't think it's, it's pertinent to get into that. But as far as your mind as a person, you know, I think Andy Reid basically admitted that from a human standpoint, it was a distraction for him. Like, mentally, that, your, your mind has to be there. I mean, how can you just completely block something like that out? of your mind completely and, and just focus fully on football. I, I don't, I know it wasn't possible for me during the game. I know, I know these players and coaches have different responsibilities than I do, but throughout the game tonight, I found myself constantly thinking about that girl in a hospital fighting for her life in Kansas city. For sure. What, one thing okay. I want to clarify real quick too. Oh, you'll hear me just real quick. It's just that it, no doubt it occupies that place, but I think not putting that name to it was was proper from Patrick and, and Andy's standpoint. Not not you know laying it at, at, as a some sort of you know I not even excuse right, but just just sort of trying to dismiss it as a factor. I think was was important for them to do, even if they were feeling it. Hey, Herbie, you there? Beth keeps telling me to check on the Herbie, and uh, and we do, and, uh, and we still can't hear you, buddy. Uh, thanks for hanging in there with us, though. Uh, that, that is, that, that's uh, your trooper for doing that. Um, all right, let's. Uh, I tell you what, I do want to. Uh, a lot, a lot of people have weighed into that, and, and I certainly want to get to a few of these thoughts. And starting with Todd Bryan at the top, um, horrible week for myself for getting COVID on Tuesday. Man, Todd, I'm, I am sorry to hear that. Um, take care of yourself. And, and people around you. Um, all right, John Nell asks, were Andy and the, and the staff out coached tonight? Uh, my short answer is yes. Anybody yes. else? Yes. Totally. Yeah. Yes, yes. Hell yes. <laughs> I would add, yes. In, in, in a pretty big way. Um, um, I, I know that uh, Stephen, Stephen Logan, uh, it's the first half penalties, one for five for Tampa Bay, eight for 95 for the Chiefs. I believe that 95 yards was the most ever by an Andy Reid coach team um, in a half. I think I read that. Most uh, in Super Bowl history in a half as well. Yeah, that's great. All sorts of uh, <laughs> distinctions there. That 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 was great. <laughs> which was the worst call? Which which is the one that went that, that you shook? You know, that, that the Chiefs complained. I, I know that Tyron Matthew pretty upset at the Charvarius Ward that took away his interception. I thought the worst. The, the most, uh, you know, wrong call. I don't. Sorry, you, you understand what I'm trying to say. Um, somebody who, who who deals with words for a living should articulate it better. But um, the one in the end zone, they called Tyron for for pass interference. I thought that was pretty clearly uncatchable. Yeah, yeah me too. Well, I want to be clear. Like one. Well, they did not lose this game because of the referees. Like. Just Absolutely. the Chiefs did not play well enough to complain about. They they did not like anything that the referees did was only piling on to what the Chiefs did to themselves. Like they just did not play well enough to have a, a legit gripe on that. But but I do think that they made some bad calls. 
Gary Higgins asked, is, is, the, is it true the offensive line sponsor is Mr. Softy? Um, <laughs> it, was no, it was a tough night for the offensive line. I, um, I, was, I, was, I had myself convinced that um, the Chiefs offensive line, even, as, um, even with the missing pieces, was still an average offensive line. An average offensive line would be able to hold up. That was not the case tonight. What Wiley had a couple of holding calls. Um, I think it was tough night for him. Uh, tough night for a lot of those guys up front. Wiley even said in his post game press conference when he was asked about it, he's like, "I don't think it was just one guy getting through. I think it was a few." You know, they, they were they had their second string left tackle, their second string left guard, um, their third string right guard, and their third string right tackle. So the only starter they had is their center, and five weeks into their season, their center got benched for a couple of weeks. So we talk a lot about the fact that they don't invest a lot in their offensive line compared to the rest of the roster, which is true. But this was not the group they planned on having in the Super Bowl. Well, absolutely not. It's just a crazy thing because right now it seems so obvious, right? Like, well, of course those guys got trucked. Like, I mean, it's it's second and third stringers, but – they had made this thing work somehow, some way um, through the playoffs. And it's just, um, you know, having your second and third stringers across the line is no way to win a Super Bowl. But, um, you know, they just put up 38 or whatever against Buffalo. I know Eric Fisher played most of that game, but it's just um, the, the Bucks were really able to exploit something that nobody else had. I, I thought Fisher's absence was big, though. I mean, I, I, I think Rimmers at left tackle is much different than Rimmers at right tackle. And then... Wiley at right tackle, it's it's so evident he's playing out of position. And I mentioned this early in the opening, you know, I didn't feel like any of this was an effort problem. It was purely an execution problem because I've seen some of that go around. You know, Devin mm-hmm. Weiss said they, they were more physical. And that's to me, implies that, that you out-efforted the team. And I don't think that was the case at all. I just think that guys playing out of position that were just frankly overmatched. You know, the other problem with the offensive line was you know, it was apparent, it was apparent early that, uh, that the Bucs were, were more prepared on the back end defensively than they were in the regular yes. season game. So you think, okay, the, you know, the, the Bucs are going to play it like the Bills did, and, and that would open up some, you know, some running lanes for Clyde Edwards-Alaire and the, whoever else. But the, it, that wasn't there either. At least, um, you know, the, the Chiefs didn't attempt it anyway early on. The only, really, the only offensive uh, success the Chiefs had in the first couple of possessions was Mahomes saw it scrambling for a couple of first downs. Um, Terrence well, it was Warren, interesting. There were no, go ahead. There Brian. were no run run plays called. I'm sorry, Blair. That but there were no uh, on that first drive. I think they had six plays on the first drive. No, no called runs. Right, a couple were. Patrick scrambles, but it, it just kind of interesting tone to set from the start and. Uh, they never really seemed to get any kind of real rhythm going. There were a couple times, maybe, but it, it you never really felt like you understood what to do offensively. You know, I, to add on to that, I thought that the Chiefs should have gone to the run more. You're right. They played them like the Bills played them. The difference is the Bucks had the front four to still get pressure, and the Bills did not. But I thought they should have gone to the run. We saw them do it early in that uh, the opening drive of the second half. I mean, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire ended up averaging over six yards a carry tonight, right? And granted, he only had nine or ten carries, but I thought the, they should have at least tested to see if that would be an avenue because that's how they beat the Bills, and I, they played them extremely similarly to the way the Bills played them. 
So T- Terrence asks, how many uh, balls bounced off face masks today? At least two, right? And the, we talked about the two touchdowns, yeah. Yeah, and we talked about the Kelsey drop earlier, but the one, you know, at first glance, the one that bounced off of Tyreek Hill's, you know, this this part of his helmet, I thought, boy, it must have been tipped or something. I saw it on replay. It just went through his hands and hit his head. And how does he not catch that? Especially that guy. Well, he was kind of like, yeah. He he just makes so many. He makes contested catches all the time. I mean, that's what he does. And it, it was just it was a weird miss. Weird miss. Yep. Chris Clatterbuck noticed that uh, you know uh, the, on the second play of the game, and I, I, I've had this same same thought when Shaq Barrett came in unblocked. And was was a running back supposed to chip him because uh, Mahomes had to throw it away? And I thought, yeah, somebody should have gotten a shoulder pad on him or something. But uh, that was. You know, that, that, that was a uh, uh, blown assignment, I think, right there. Um, Blair, Blair, that was one other stat that um, I hope I'm crediting the right place. I think it was ESPN showed at some point that um, the Chiefs only attempted to chip on four downs tonight. Hmm. And they knew that they were going to be overmatched up front. And so that surprises me that they do, did not try and give those guys more help. I mean, you don't want to leave Travis Kelsey in. I get that. He's your best weapon. But maybe a running back, maybe a second tight end, maybe maybe something. You knew those guys were going to be overmatched tonight. You know, I thought with the offensive line in the state that it was, it, you know, obviously not as good as the offensive line that started the Super Bowl last year. I mean, that had Schwartz and Fisher and Duvernay Tardif uh, um, along with Ryder and Wisniewski. But I thought I didn't think that the Bucks front four was as potent as the 49ers with Bosa – and Buckner in that group, I, I thought, okay, you know, it, it just both both sides of the line would take a little bit of a step back, and the Chiefs should be able to handle it. But the Bucks were just ferocious tonight, and um, and maybe I didn't give them give them enough credit um, because that that Chiefs offensive line was really, I don't know, uh, it's not not what it needed to be. That's for sure. Um. Anybody say anything in the post game that uh, that uh, made you stand up and take uh, take notice? I didn't. There wasn't like a one quote or anything, but I just thought it's at least noteworthy. And look, they're not saying anything that we haven't been saying for however long we've been on the show. But there, there was just a consistent "we got our asses kicked," you know, kind of theme from everybody, um, and it, it just. You know, for a team that sort of famously, at least in Kansas City, hasn't lost a, a game by more than a score since, uh, you know, the unicorn showed up. It was just it, it was just a really weird scene, <laughs> you know, um, to see these guys talk about getting their asses kicked because it, it's true. They, they did. Uh, but it's just something that we haven't even not even close um, in the last three years. There was a lot of talk already focused on next year um, that. uh you know, I think is probably cliche a lot of times for teams that are losing championship games. Um, but for some reason, I found it noteworthy for, with Patrick Mahomes, and maybe Sam should be the guy speaking on this because he talks about how this guy gets motivated by everything. And now he finally has something real to be motivated by. Um, but the Bucks had one interesting quote that whenever I looked back through their quotes from Devin White, their linebacker, um, he said, we, we talked about beating them bad. We knew they wasn't physical enough. They're real gimmicky on offense. We don't play like that. We like smash mouth football. Um, and then went on to say that the only reason they scored the last uh, matchup was was luck points that the Bucks had given them. 
Um, so uh, apparently the Bucks were, were were pretty confident going into this game. Yeah, they were. You know, it's funny, Vaha. You pointed out the tweet. I forgot who it was. Uh, it was after the after Buckner hit the third field goal, and uh, that made it twenty-one to nine. And early in the third quarter, and the the reminder was, hey, it was twenty to ten midway through the fourth quarter a year ago. And boom, boom, boom. The Chiefs just. But I don't know. Even at that moment, I didn't. I, I didn't like what I was seeing at all from the Chiefs and the fact that they did settle for the field goal. I thought that was important, even after giving up the touchdown late in the second quarter, just before halftime, they had to come down and get a touchdown to open the second half. And they end up settling for a field goal there. But you know, but still it was it was not out of reach at that point. But then the but then the Bucks get the ball 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 back, and that's when Fournette goes into the end zone. And that's um it, after they after the Buccaneers punted away their first two possessions, they scored on five of the next six. And the only one they didn't score on was the the goal line stand by um, by the Chiefs. So Jeez. I just have not. I don't know. Not you. Obviously, we're not used to seeing any of this from from the Patrick Mahomes team, Andy Reid team. So two things happened, Blair, in that sequence. One, I I do think um, you know that conversion from from at the start of the half when they just got the field goal and Tampa Bay got the touchdown right away. I mean that just that just really made it feel off kilter and and then Sam McDowell had a, a pretty pithy tweet um, at one point just saying you you never watched the Chiefs with Mahomes before where you you wondered how they were going to score and that's what it became right. like you, you, yeah. you can picture them scoring it just like they were smothered from the the from the rest of the game on absolutely okay look on, on that depressing note. Um, let's, it's getting late and, uh, and we're going to get back and, uh, and we will pick up this conversation later in the week, especially with Herbie Tiope. Herbie, I'm sorry. It didn't work out, uh, technical difficulties, <laughs> no more, no more. but Hey, we will, you, we will absolutely talk later this week and get your thoughts on the game and, uh, and, and spin it forward to see what, you know, what's coming with some of the bigger decisions the chiefs have to make in terms of free agents and, uh, and whatnot. So, Count on that uh, later this week, Herbie, and uh, we'll we'll say good night for now to Herbie, to Sam Mellinger, to Sam McDowell, to Vahe Gregorian, and to all of you guys. Great, great conversation tonight with um, um, so many questions and comments. I wish we could have gotten to more, um, but hey, uh, it's the end of the season, but not the end of Sportsbeat KC, uh, Sportsbeat Live, and Sportsbeat KC. So stay with us, if you will, and uh, and uh, big thanks to to. Uh, to Beth, our producer, and to the University of Kansas Health System for uh, providing sponsorship for tonight's show. So for everybody, good night, and we'll talk to you again soon. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our production staff of Derek Donovan, Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. Hey, for a limited time, you can subscribe to Sports Pass for 99 cents a month. That's right, 99 pennies a month. And after three months, it auto-renews at $5.99 a month unless you cancel. How do you get it? You go to kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. That's kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. Do you want more than just sports coverage? I do. 
Check out the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports, news, features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional news, sports, and business coverage with the E-Edition. The details for all of these deals can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. And if you're having trouble hunting down any of these offers, send me an email at bkirkoff at kcstar.com, and I will get you to the right place. So... Whether it's a sports pass or the full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports BKC. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Tuesday with another episode.